This is Horsin' Around with Broncos insider Andrew Mason. Oh my gosh! Each week, Mace takes you inside the Denver Broncos. I like it! Players, coaches, insiders. Let's go! And of course, with a twist only Mace can provide. Buddy duddies! Now, swag. Here's Orange and Blue 760's Andrew Mason. Andrew Mason, Ryan Edwards here in the Broncos Stadium at Mile High press box after a fourth consecutive Broncos loss, 23-20 to the Los Angeles Rams. A late rally, that's well and good, but at the same time, we'll get into the running game a bit, but first, I think you have to start with the at least seven points that you had an opportunity to get and did not because of penalties, and I feel like we've been talking about penalties costing the Broncos scoring chances throughout this losing streak. You know, that that penalty specifically is going to, uh, obviously, we, you almost knew it at that moment that it was going to come back and haunt the Broncos, and, and that, uh, that that it did. You know I mean? Even there were multiple points when you're like, wow, that four points would really come in handy, and of course you lose by three points, and, and so it's, it's easy to point to that. Uh, and again, it, it would change, maybe change some things, maybe change the way. They wouldn't have played Preven into the end, you know, with the Rams mm-hmm. giving a, up, up the touchdown, basically, that touchdown drive to Demarius Thomas. So it can't officially say that, but yeah, it feels like that. I mean, in the end, though, I mean, they 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 had uh, I think it was uh, forty yards of penalties in the first half, and then they they finished with only like fifty one or something to that effect. So they actually played a pretty clean second half in penalties. That one though is Rams absolute. actually had more penalties, more penalty yards. I, I know, I know, and and so you know, in the end. There, there's going to be a lot of things that will point to for the reason of this loss, but for me, it's about. Stopping the run, and it's about running. Yep. The things that you did not do well in this game, fundamentally, and as Vance Joseph called it, a mindset, their mindset for running and stopping the run was just not there today. Yeah, the Rams had 13 rushing first downs. The Broncos had three. The Rams ran for 270 yards. The Broncos just 60 yards on the ground. Todd Gurley, over 200 yards. Career high. Yeah. The second consecutive 200-yard rusher allowed by the Broncos. And, Ryan, they haven't even had a previous season in which they allowed two 200-yard rushers, let alone in back-to-back games. Yeah, it's it's a troubling trajectory that they're on right now. And, I look, I, I can't say. Like, we, we thought, okay, Todd Gurley – is probably going to get a little bit of his. And and Chris Harris will talk about it here in a little bit. I know you're going to play that cut about how the, the game plan really was to allow him to run the ball to a certain amount and really slow and stop the pass. And they actually did a really, really good job of that overall. Uh, so we'll get into some of those stats here in just a minute. But, but yeah, in the end, you're talking about back-to-back games where you basically allowed almost 600 rushing yards. I mean, total combined, almost 600 rushing yards, 323 against the Jets, 270 against the Rams. And... Look, I mean, there's there's no team in the league that you're going to beat playing like that. I mean, there's nobody. I mean, you're you're playing the Cardinals coming up. David you, Johnson. Yeah, David Johnson's gonna gonna love playing the Broncos. I mean, if he if he's seen the the, the kind of opportunities now, it's gonna be a little bit different because they're not gonna sell out to the pass like they did necessarily uh, in this game. They if anything, they, they may try to force the Cardinals to pass because absolutely Josh Rosen, although he had a solid game today. Against Minnesota, Josh Rosen certainly is not Jared Goff. One thing the Broncos did right was they mostly contained Jared Goff. It was just an ordinary game for him. 14 of 28, 201 yards, no touchdowns, one pick on that tip drill play, bouncing off the helmet late in the third quarter. But that being said, 
He did complete the big passes when he had to. His receivers, particularly Robert Woods today, made plays when they had to. That 19-yard catch and run on the uh, bubble screen there on third and 13 that set up what proved to be the final decisive points on a Cairo Santos field goal down the stretch. But still, it was interesting. The Broncos went into this game, according to Chris Harris Jr., planning to stop the pass first. Here's what he had to say. Uh, we kind of today that was like kind of part of our game plan is to uh, make the, try to uh, stop make them run the ball. Really, um, they've been uh, they've been their offense has been putting up 40 points a game. So we just try to figure out a way to slow them down, and uh, we stopped them to 23 points. So usually you stop them to 23 points, that's a good day versus the Rams. Sometimes you have to make choices, and certainly if you look at the Rams putting 23 on the board. Maybe you can't argue with that choice, but at the same time, you have to stop the run a bit better. Even if you're conceding that, you have to stop it a bit better than allowing 270 yards. Amen. And so that is, uh, like I said, it's a troubling statistic for the Broncos. Back-to-back games, giving up over a 200-yard rusher, giving up almost 600 yards rushing in two games. They, they, you know, they got this game against the Cardinals. They got the Chiefs. They got the Texans. They got some some really tough opponents coming up, and and not all of them are running as well as. And, and you knew Todd Gurley was going to be able to do some things today. It's just a little bit troubling in the the respect that if they stopped the run even at half the mark they they did, even if they give up 140 yards, and again that's not exact math, 135 yards rushing. And they run for close to their their season average. This might be a different game altogether. But the, but the fact is, they couldn't stop it. And you know what? We kept saying, "Hey, lean on the run, lean on the run." And they didn't really lean on the run. Seventeen carries for sixty yards today. But they also this is one of the few games coming out of it where I'm saying, you know what? The run didn't really work very well. I mean, when when they did try to run. It's not like in games past where they'd get going with the run and then they'd stop running mm-hmm. and they start passing. That that wasn't this game. But it also set up the two longest pass plays of the game for the Broncos because the pass to Demarius Thomas, the pass to Emmanuel Sanders, that looked like it was a play touchdown. Play action. Both play off a of play action. I feel like we've been saying this a lot he, he, over the just, last few days. He's just a better. He's a more comfortable quarterback in play action. It's it's, it's just the the stats bear it out over his career. Mm-hmm. They bear it out from what he did in Minnesota, even here in Denver. He's just a more comfortable quarterback. And, and you saw the biggest plays of the game for Case Keenum in the offense came off play action. Now, of course, running the ball is tough on the Rams when you have a defensive line that's anchored by Indominus Sue. Yeah, and Aaron Donald. Who and Aaron Donald. He was wrecking the Broncos oh, man. today. He's so good. It didn't matter who was at guard. They started Max Garcia. He was bull rushing him. He made some plays against Connor McGovern, although McGovern at times held his own. I noticed that mm-hmm. he was basically using his strength to his advantage. He made some plays against Ron Leary, and of course now we're getting the word, according to our Nine News Broncos insider Mike Kliss, that Ron Leary is a torn Achilles. Yeah, that's pretty brutal. Uh, thank you for the comments, too. People yeah. on uh, Facebook Live, I'm, I'm seeing it there, too. Yeah, we, we saw right before we came on with uh, Ron Leary. That is tough because Max Garcia didn't have a good game necessarily. No. And, and Connor McGovern, you said he, he held his own at times. And, and maybe this was a little, you know, as they, they come into this game looking for some possible changes, we were wondering kind of how it would look. You know, they, they played a competitive game overall. Not not all of the look. They they were even turnover margin. We talked about you know keys to victory, even in turnover margin. Case Keenum actually was the better quarterback on the field statistically yes. than Jared Goff. 
But again, he need he needs the benefit of a run game to win in this league, and they they simply didn't give it to him. But yeah, that so you're going to see a lot more Max Garcia. Obviously, he's elevated to the starting lineup, mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah, Con- Connor McGovern gets his uh, starting job back because uh, those are your two best interior offensive linemen. You're still dealing with the injury to Jared Valdir, which is forcing Billy Turner to be a starter at right tackle. Yeah, and that's going to remain in flux for some time. We'll see what whether Valdir can get out there this week. You know he wants to, going back to Arizona, uh, with whom he played the last couple of years, but that's still something where I don't think they're going to rush him back, and I think Turner at times has held his own the last couple of weeks. Case Keenum, to go back to him for a second, 25 of 41, 322 yards, two touchdowns, one pick, did rack up some yards late mm-hmm. when the Rams were playing back. But at the same time, a really bad pick that he threw down the scene looking for Brian yeah. Parker. And it just seems like Case Keenum, it, he can't avoid those picks. So he has at least one interception in all six games this year. That takes him to, what, eight for the season? Yeah, for whatever so reason. So he has more interceptions now than he did last year at Minnesota in the yeah, regular season. For whatever reason, he sees that pass to the tight end, and I, and I don't know why he sees an opening there because it's bracket coverage. you got somebody on top. you got somebody underneath. There, there was no opening. There, there isn't an opening. And, and I want to say that's like his fourth or fifth interception to tight ends this year. As he is, for whatever reason, trying to get those tight ends, especially the ones running up the seam, I, I don't know why he continues to look at that pass and that Some play. of it on them at this point? Yeah. I mean, it has to be, but... You don't have Jake Bunn anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it has to be, but even when he was targeting Jake Bunn yeah, on, on those plays, he had those yep. picks. So, I, I, don't, I don't know. that. That's a that's a fall. That's a flaw in, in, in their offense. It's a flaw with Keenum to see see the things the way he does when he sees that that coverage and to say, I can fit that ball into that window, it's not, not there. It's just simply not there, and it feels like deja vu with these turnovers from Case. Now, the good news, the Broncos got the ball right back on a tip interception that Darian Stewart was able to get. But in the end, that's still something that Case Keenum finds himself continuing to do, and, and, uh, and I don't think he has an answer for it either. That's worrisome. Yeah. It it is it is worrisome, yeah. And then you had the uh, Kelly Kelly oh, chance. Now I I gotta say this I I highly doubt the fans knew at that point when Chad Kelly came in for the Trevor Simeon debut kneel down snap like Trevor had back in 2015. I highly doubt the fans knew that Case Keenan was being evaluated for a concussion at that point. It wasn't even announced to the press no. until after that. So. I think there were some people reacting on social media. I remember telling somebody, look, I, I highly doubt that anyone in the crowd knew yeah. uh, what was what Case Keenan was doing with it at that point. But still, the fans aren't happy. And I think they're justified in not being happy at this point. Oh, absolutely. Uh, a a four-game losing streak. But uh, certainly, I don't think Case Keenum is winning over fans right now with his play no because you were told and and I mean you, you were thinking you were getting Minnesota case first of all we kept saying if he's Minnesota case yeah. I feel like we probably said that hundreds of times yeah on the air over the course of the offseason training camp and preseason if he's Minnesota case yeah, and, he hasn't been and you can live with a quarterback that doesn't have spectacular numbers as long as he's helping you win games which he did for Minnesota and he's not turning the ball over to high clip, which he was doing for Minnesota. But the problem is, is now he's here. You're not winning games. He's turning the ball over. He look, he's thrown, he's had a turnover in every game, and yeah. he's the only quarterback in the league to have that. 
Only quarterback to have a turnover in every single game. And that's including the rookies. Mm-hmm. Wow. Only quarterback. No, I mean, he started the season. Not all rookies started the season. Right. So, you know, you're talking about every single game since the start of the season. But what that means is you're saying that Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, they've had clean games. As far as I, I saw, I saw the stat fly across uh, my screen when I was uh, watching the game. This, is where, I'll, we, I'll check in on this it, is where we queue up the Ray Crockett. Damn. Damn. But but that I mean so even even if it isn't necessarily I, I think it is a, a legit stat but even if it isn't I mean it's still a quarterback that has an interception in every single game at least one interception in every single game it wasn't the backbreaker it didn't no. end the game but uh, it was one of those things that cost the Broncos points because of where it was on the field we talk about the penalties costing them up to seven points that's a play that cost them at least three points yeah. right there. They're not going away from Case Keenum anytime soon, but if they continue to lose and then there are major changes, we had a question come up here about Vance. If they continue to lose and there are major changes, well, then that changes the paradigm altogether. I mean, right now you're paying him $18 million this year. You want to continue to see him play as long as he's healthy. That's one more thing. He's wearing a brace on his knee. That seems a little more significant than knee soreness to yes. me. And I'm just look, I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, it could be not precautionary def- that Yeah. But, I'm not I'm not defending. Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying that uh, this explains anything. I'm just saying he's he's been practicing, but he's got a brace on his knee that feels like a little bit more significant than just knee soreness with the air quotes. Yeah. I mean, we'll see more. I imagine there may be some veteran rest days coming for him. Yes. And now this week yeah. Practice is going to be pretty minimal. It yeah. usually is heading into Thursday night football, so I'm not sure it's going to be a real uh, in during the week evaluation of where he stands with that knee. But that's an interesting nugget that he's wearing the knee brace in games. So you got you got this this game for the Rams. Oh, let, let, before we move on to to Arizona or any of that, let me let me just ask you because you were advocating over the course of the week that you'd like to see improvement in certain categories. You'd like to see improvement in some play calling. Uh, you'd like to see them play a, a close I didn't game. say moral victory, and you're not saying and it I'm right now. I'm not saying it right now, but I say you, you wanted to see a performance from the Broncos where they could go toe-to-toe with the Rams, and they did that. They did that this week. So when we go on the air tomorrow at 10 a.m., how are you going to feel about this game based on the criteria that you laid out over the course of the week? Some positive, some negative. I mm-hmm. think you're happy that they came back. You're not happy that they dug themselves a 20 to three hole. This, yeah, this was more a game where you fought back and you made it close. But coming back from 17 points down late in the third quarter, what that tells me is you just left it too late. Mm-hmm. And you should have, you know, you should have been on point a little bit earlier. And again, that's where that interception. You can look back on that as a costly moment as well. That being said, the Rams did play back a little bit in the fourth quarter. I don't know if yeah. the Broncos uh, have that touchdown drive that they did to narrow it to twenty-three twenty. If it's a tighter game, if it's a tighter game at that point, if it's a I'm one-score game, yeah. So you can't really reconstruct it. Way leads on to way, mm-hmm. but. You know, it's there are some things you can hang your hat on and look, if they play like that against Arizona, they'll probably win down God, there. This feels like deja just like the Jets game. Like like you literally feel like we said the exact same but you no, you're not you're not wrong. I'm just yes. I, doesn't it But feel, they didn't play like that against the Jets. I, I know, but they but they did they leave everything, did they leave too much out and have nothing left on Thursday maybe, night? Maybe. Like the Chiefs Jets My week. just like that. Yeah. But doesn't it feel just a little bit like that? And that—that's where the Broncos, 
need to get out of the deja vu mm-hmm. that we we found found ourselves in last year. Well, it's another four. It's another long losing streak. You had an eight game losing streak yes. last year. Yeah. You have a four game losing streak this year. I mean, you got to go back to. 2010, 2011, for the last time, the Broncos had these kind of losing streaks in back-to-back years. You know, I I, I know this isn't going to make anybody feel any better, but the uh, Broncos of last year, because we keep coming back to versus, you know, last year versus this year, the Broncos of last year would have gotten destroyed today. They would they would have lost by three scores. Well, they're a more talented team. They are and more I'll talented. And I'll say this. Yeah. A lot of that talent and is— I don't know if it helps. But. A lot of that talent is rookie talent. Yes. Philip Lindsay, even though the run game was struggling, made some plays today in the pass game. Cortland Sutton, real nice grab. Unfortunate for him that he got called for holding. Yeah. But that was a pretty clear call. I think he knew it as well. He knew it as soon as it happened. Looking at his reaction, like he was like, oh, darn, that he got caught for it. But I think he knew yeah. uh, that it was a legit call, and it was a pretty clear hold there. But he's a reason why your team is better. Phil Lindsay's a reason why your team is better. Bradley Chubb is a reason why your team is better than it was last year. Yeah, monster you know, game. Uh, it, it's it's amazing, and we were t- we've been talking about it a little bit, and and justifiably, I'm just gonna say that you know why what would have looked like if you went with a quarterback at five. Bradley Chubb had a monster game. This is this is why you drafted him at five because he looked like, he looked like the best player on the field. At he had moments today. Besides Todd Gurley, yeah. he was uh, he was a game wrecker, and much more so than Von Miller, who ended up with one and a half sacks. And and Von still early in the game, just not just not really involved. I I, I mean, but well, he, the first he, he sack kind of came to him. The half yes. sack they split yes. with Darian Stewart. Jared Goff kind of spun into him, yeah. and Von was engaged with Andrew Whitworth. Now hey. Got Whitworth back enough to where he was in position yes. to capitalize, but that's sometimes those sacks happen as other sack he made happen. Yeah, to uh, his credit. no, and and, he, and that's what good players do. They create. I mean, Aaron Donald he created a lot of those uh, pressures that he ended up getting today. But but to that point, yeah, he he seemed to maybe figure some things out later in the game. Again, this is a really good offensive line. They got five sacks on him. So when you know tomorrow when we're doing our tip our cap and throw our hat kind of segments, I mean that's that's definitely one for me. I mean the pass rush. Definitely had a huge bounce back game, getting those five sacks against Jared Goff in that offensive line. That that's one that I I can almost immediately point to that I was thrilled to see. So when we get to the kind of feeling of moral victory, and again I I got the comments on Facebook Live saying there are you know moral victories are not for the NFL. I get it, I get it. But Historically, they're not for the Broncos. No, no, they are not. But this is how the re- the other half lives. But this Broncos is, fans are finding that out right now. Yeah, but but this is the point that a five-sack performance from the pass rush against one of the best offensive lines in the game, one of the best offenses in the game, is something you can build on. And that sort of game overall, it isn't good enough to beat the Rams. It should be good enough to beat the Cardinals. It might be good enough to beat the Texans. You Texans can play, struggle you, today, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure it's good enough to beat the Chargers, who are figuring some things out and yeah. dominating Cleveland today. But I feel like after the Jets game, at least – there was some improvement that you can hang your hat on. I just don't know if it's going to be enough to really change the tenor of this season because now you're sitting at two and four. I thought you need to be four and two at this point to be talking about playoffs. So you're going to have to start picking up some wins where you didn't expect to get them back in the summertime. Well, we had, we had included a couple of games later in the year via things that have changed. You know, say the 49ers game was a game where it's like, well, that looks a little bit different without Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Not to say that they can't lose that game there, too. Again, the Broncos need to be better on the road, period. And, and honestly, they're going to have to steal some games. They're going to have to steal yeah. a game maybe against Pittsburgh yeah. or Cincinnati, yeah. yep. for example. Yep. Cleveland looks tougher, although the Browns had a bad day today. They have to, you're going to have to maybe sweep the Chargers. Yeah, you're going to... Steal gonna, a game it, in Kansas City, although, oof. man, that, that's a tall order going to Arrowhead in couple of weeks uh it's gonna it's gonna be a, a tough game but i mean just to sort of wrap up this game before we uh, head to a very short week with the with the cardinals i, I thought there there were improved look they, they they had the bad penalty emmanuel sanders the taunting that that wasn't great but overall the, the they had a two, couple of tough holding penalties mm-hmm. on the offensive line that you were thrilled not not thrilled about because they were actually close to field goal range they backed out of that so so there are definitely some penalty things about this game that you weren't happy with but I but I'm not freaking out about six penalties for 51 yards overall mm-hmm. uh, that that for me doesn't tell the whole tale of the, the the game really it's just going to come down to running what what you gave up and what you couldn't succeed with because this is a team that needs to run. I thought Case Keenum was good enough. I mm-hmm. thought the receiving, by the way, Emmanuel Sanders, 115 yards on seven catches. Four players with at least 48 yards receiving. Yeah. Nice balance among Emmanuel yes. Sanders, Philip Lindsay, Cortland Sutton, Demarius Thomas. That's a template for where you want to go yeah. with this passing game. That's a great Note I didn't really it. include a tight end. Yeah. Because I don't really think uh, there's a lot coming from that position. Certainly not what you hoped uh, when you had Jake Butt poised to be a part of that passing game. I, I like how you put that, a template. There were some there were some template things that happened in yes. this game, and so maybe instead of saying moral victory stuff or participation ribbon that everybody wants to give us a hard time, you say there were some templates. There were some things that you put together in this game. Now again, they have this leaky boat syndrome thing going on, where mm-hmm. it seems like they start to figure out and they get some template things. Like the run game was a template for a while. They get these things, and then all of a sudden they find something else that well, really starts to fall apart, like the run game in the last two weeks. I think leaky boat syndrome, LBS. Yeah. You're trying to find a cure for LBS in our lifetime. The defense really suffered from LBS today. Oh, man. Because they contained the passing game for the most part. Jared Goff didn't break their backs. No. Nope. Then the running game did, and it was, enough to, it was enough to win. Yeah, you held them below 30 points. So you did some things you can hang your hat on that you held them to 23. You held the Chiefs to 27, and a few yeah. teams have done that this year. True. Now, I mean, which just makes, take, take a look at that. Which look. makes giving up 34 points to the Jets – all the more mind-blowing, quite frankly. You can't do that when you sandwich that with two games in which you held two of the elite offenses in this league right there with the Saints to below 30. Well, that's the the leaky bow syndrome. I mean, look at at the pass. I mean, look at that. Robert Woods gets seven catches for 109. Cooks gets two for 53. Those are your top two pass catchers in one of the best offenses in the league. Jared Goff... 201, one, zero touchdowns, one interception. 50% completion percentage. That, if I'd have showed you just that, you would have been like, my goodness, did does this just like halftime? Are these just the halftime records? We pointed some individual numbers with Jared Goff and Todd Gurley. With Jared Goff, it was if he throws two touchdowns, they win, they've won all but one game with Goff and Sean McVay together. Mm-hmm. When he completes 65% of his passes, again, won all but one game with Goff and Sean McVay together. The Broncos kept him below that. But then the other thing was Todd Gurley. And Todd Gurley goes for 208 yards, and the magic number for him was a buck 40. A buck 40 yards from scrimmage. The Rams have won 12 games in a row coming into today. Now it's 13 after 208 on the ground, another 17 through the air for 225 yards. And the Broncos allow back-to-back 200-yard games for the first time in team history. Shocking. 
that, that's that's a, those are a, those are stats that when you go into any season for any NFL team, you just don't know if you'll ever have to say. Mm-hmm. And 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 it wasn't something like for we knew this defense. Tough, what yes, it has been yeah, in recent right. years. It's a shock to the system. It's like an ice bath. Yeah. Agreed. So, I mean, yeah, I pointed out on Facebook Live uh, saying the same thing. Like, what about the run defense? It's like, you know what, I I don't know. You know, Vance Joseph said it's a mindset thing as far as he's concerned, and he said it's unacceptable. I mean, you can't do that. So It's a thing about personnel changes. You you have to. I mean, mean, it it, it slapped you in the face. Exactly. We've talked about personnel changes. You know, elsewhere, people talked about, oh, do you play Bradley Roby uh, less because he's struggling? And certainly we saw Max Garcia starting for – Connor McGovern, and now because of the Ron Leary injury, they're both going to be starting. Yeah, Ben pointing out Gurley is the best running back in the league right now, and that, that there's no doubt about Can't that. Can't argue that. The, He's he, complete. Yeah, and not only running, not only receiving, he was a beast in pass pro today, too. God, that block he had on Darian Stewart on the safety blitz. He had another on uh, Brandon Marshall oh, man. on a third down. He just kept doing it over and over again today. God. It's uh, yeah. but that that's what that's what happens when you have uh, you know, and I again I don't know the future. Look, Philip Lindsay, Roy Freeman have have had very nice special moments for the Broncos early on. So this isn't even an indictment on them. It's just saying that's what it looks like. That's what that that's how different you are when you have an Ezekiel Elliott, when you have a Todd Gurley, uh, when you have guys like that that can play uh, otherworldly. I mean, it changes everything. I mean, you can lean on him, and and, and even as the game went on. They, he was their closer. Yeah, I mean, he got big chunk after big chunk. You knew it was coming after you, and you still couldn't stop it. You know what's interesting? You say he's the closer. I look back at Philadelphia last year, a dynamic passing game, but they had LeGarrette Blount, who was kind of their closer, mm-hmm. the hammer that they yep. brought in. And Todd Gurley, he's everything to the Rams, including the hammer they, they can bring in at the end to provide the knockout punch and close out a game. He did that today. Yeah, it's there's a reason why they look like the Super Bowl favorite in the NFC right now. They didn't want to play in this cold though. No, they didn't. That you can see it from Jared Goff. His body language. He he had an off day. He wasn't he wasn't feeling it. <laughs> so so in in the end, I mean, you could say the weather did have a little bit of a factor. I mean, he, he not looked, enough. Not, not enough. Didn't not enough. Change the result. But you got a, You got a too big a hole. I mean, you yes. said it. You're twenty down twenty to three. That that's. You do that against bad teams, and you you should lose. Yeah, and against good teams, they know how to close you out, and they did. They they know how to close out. Look, you got a short week. All the guys in the locker room talked about getting the bad taste out of their mouth. How they're excited mm. about playing against Arizona. The, the locker room is remaining as intact as you could expect in a four game slide. And I don't know if that means anything to the Broncos fans out there, but it, it it's holding together as much as you could sort of expect at this point. I expect them to play better than they did against the Jets following a kind of a heavy emotional game like this mm-hmm. was one, you know, one. Well, their only road win over the last two seasons was a Thursday night game in Indianapolis. So you're hoping that repeats itself. Well, it, uh, there's there's a lot on the line uh, for the coaching staff, for the players, because many more losses and you're on to 2019 pretty quick. Yeah. And and if that's the case, then uh, look, there's a lot of people's jobs. I mean, players, coaches, all sorts of people that are that are going to be uh, having to be very careful. But you 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 should beat the Arizona Cardinals with a you rookie should. quarterback. As but much as I love Josh Rosen, you should beat them. But you can't chalk up anything as a dub easily, right? No, now. gosh, no. When Especially you, on the road. Yeah, when you've and overall you've lost 14 of your last 18 games. Yeah, I mean that's damning, but it's true. Yep, hundred percent. But I'm I'm 
I mean, we're going to come into this week as we prep for the Cardinals. We'll go over the matchups on uh, first and 10 at 10. And there's going to be a lot that favor the Broncos. It's just going to be sort of up to them to execute. Yeah, we'll see. Arizona's They're... one of the – look, you, you want to get the running back game back on track? They're one of the worst run defenses. The Broncos are one of the worst run defenses right now, but the Cardinals are just as bad, as it turns out. So, again, you want to get your run – you got the leaky boat, or all of a sudden your, your run game stops working? Well, this might be a good right game for that. You hope it is. We'll find out Thursday. Was the comeback tonight that fell short, was it a dawn or a, de- or a death rattle? I think we'll know after the Broncos take on the Cardinals Thursday night. Plenty more to come throughout the week on DenverBroncos.com and Orange and Blue 760. First and 10, 10. Ryan Edwards, Steve Atwater, and I will be there from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Monday through Friday. So pregame, game day, postgame. We'll have you covered with analysis, insight, our usual picks needling each other, all that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. Uh, really, Another crucial week for the Broncos, another fork-in-the-road moment uh, coming after a 23-20 loss to the Los Angeles Rams. For Ryan Edwards, I'm Andrew Mason. Talk to you next time. This has been another edition of Horsin' Around with Broncos insider Andrew Mason. Check out Mace on DenverBroncos.com and weekday mornings at 10 with Steve Atwater and Ryan Edwards. That's how we get it done. We'll see you next time on Horsin' Around.